I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. The Orange fought hard and clawed their way back when it counted against UNC. Unfortunately, they didn't have enough to close for the win. We'll give you our thoughts on that game. We'll tell you where they stand within the quadrant system after the UNC loss. Fan feedback for the UNC game. And Syracuse heads to Cameron Indoor Saturday, February 24th at 6.15 to take on Duke. Let's go. What's up, Cuse Nation? Thanks for tuning in to episode 61 of the Cuse Nation podcast with Sean and Joe. If you could please subscribe to whatever platform you listen on, that'll really help us out. We'll be in your library as soon as an episode is published. We're trying to give you the most efficient, relative, and current show possible for Syracuse basketball and football. If you like it, please share it with your friends and family. A five-star review wouldn't hurt either. And I have searched, and I have searched high and low for a Syracuse sports podcast that has given you up-to-date information within 24 hours after a game. And the closest I could find is like four weeks after a game. So... This is the only one I know of. And remember that we still have our 2018 signing day um, Syracuse football show available if you're interested. That's back in the archives. You can check that out. All right. The Orange evaporated a UNC lead a couple times but could not hold on to the W. Uh, losing 78-74. to Syracuse dropped to 18-10 overall, 7-8 in the ACC in front of 27,165 fans which will go down as the largest regular season crowd of this year, edging out the 27,083 fans when Syracuse faced UVA. Tyus Battle led the team with 26 points. He also had six assists and was eight of nine from the free throw line. Bursett was, uh, scored 17 points and 10 rebounds. That's his 11th double-double of the season. He was also six from six from the charity stripe. Chuku had some key blocks down the stretch. I think he totaled four uh, um, two points and 11 rebounds. He also had the ball easily snagged from him three times, too. Uh, might easily. as well mention that. Easily, exactly. Um, my notable for the game has to be Frank Howard finishing with 23 points. He went 8 for 17 from the floor, 5 for 10 from three, and 2 for 2 from the line. Mark was nowhere to be found. I was hoping he would cause some trouble, but... Uh, UNC only ended up turning the ball over eight times. Syracuse shot 41% to UNC's 44.6%. The Orange hit 94% of their free throws. And lastly, Syracuse was out-rebounded 
38-34. to uh, Fun facts for this game. Syracuse missed its last six shots from the field. Not exactly a fun fact, but it's a fact nonetheless. <laughs> so uh, North Carolina holds the lead in the series 10-4. to Syracuse has lost six straight to North Carolina. Uh, never winning since joining the ACC. The 78 points UNC managed to score were the most given up in regulation this season by the Orange. Battle, who leads, leads Division One in average minutes played, has now played 40 minutes in nine straight games. Battle, through the last five games, is 40 of 45 from the line. That's 88.8%. And finally, Syracuse RPI, according to real-time RPI, is 46, and the strength of schedule is at 22. Syracuse is still a Quadrant 1 away game for any team. So, with that said, Joe, give us your, your quick game analysis. Tell us what you thought, and give me your grade. Well, quick game analysis... Uh, it was very ugly in the beginning for us. I thought um, we did, like you said, we came back from f- actually four double-digit um, oh, deficits. Oh, it was four. Okay, well, it was four. It was two in the two two times in the first half, two times in the second half, and the, the second time in the second half we got all the way back and uh, tied it up, seventy-four, seventy-four, and um, we never quit. There was times when it looked like it was too easy, but we changed some stuff up. Uh, Big three, they kept pressing, and they were all pretty good uh, from the offensive side. Uh, our defense, I wish we could have played a little bit better, but uh, like we talked about in the, the previous podcast, North Carolina, we know how good their offense is, defense is. They're a good team. They're experienced. I'm surprised that we actually scored as many points as we did. Um, I didn't think at halftime that we really had a chance looking back but we have talked about it again too that uh the last couple of games Syracuse has looked like their offense is starting to get a little bit better uh they didn't really get too much help this time I think we only had uh, take away the big three I think we had eight points so yeah we definitely exactly we definitely right. need to have more than that but we definitely played good enough to win uh, uh we limit we limited turnovers um they definitely kind of got us on the on the boards and I mean, if if the numbers are close as far as the boards are concerned, I mean, just if by watching the game, it just looked like UNC got the right boards at the right times. There's they got some good offensive uh, rebounds. There was timely times that we talked about it yesterday. The one time where the crowd was into it, we were coming back and they had like two or three offensive rebounds and they had so many different second chance opportunities. So Chuku at the end there losing the ball. Um, it's difficult. But again, it's a good team. Uh, Beheim made the change to go to uh, full court press, sped them up. And uh, actually, I was surprised that an experienced team like that with the lead would force shots up and they didn't have to. And it definitely worked to our benefit because they started missing them. So kept us in the game. The crowd was great. Uh, and yeah, I really, you really can't be mad at that effort. Uh, as far as grade-wise, honestly, other than a, pu- a couple people um, – I mean, I gotta go. I'm probably gonna give it a B, B plus. Which one, Joe? I'll go B plus. Okay. I'll go B plus because really, um, we knew that we were, we were gonna get pushed around. Mark was gonna get pushed around by Luke May. Uh, Sterling Manley came in. Their big guy there um, played 17 minutes, which is more than usual. But he he was definitely effective, more effective than May, really. Um, but we got pushed around. You saw Merrick struggle down there and. 
obviously Sidibe and Chinchuku, we all they all struggled down there. They did. And, um, There's no meat on any of their bones. They have right, no, they have right. No. But the reason why I give it a B plus in a loss is because of the way they fought back. They were in a, the game against a, a good team. I mean, anybody who was listening to the commentators, Final Four team, they said it a bunch of times. They think that North Carolina's Final Four team. They're five and zero coming into the game. They're they're playing good, hitting their stride, and there's a couple times where it looked like they were going to run away with it, but we stayed there. So uh, B plus because uh, the people that kind of messed it up for us didn't really do anything unexpected, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, that's that that that's true. It would have it would have definitely helped to um, to get the lending hand there uh, from a couple of those guys. Dolor's I had well, he, he had been on a stretch of pretty good games and. Like you said, he just got he just got outpowered. Just, well, I yeah yeah I think some of those things you just can't uh, just, you can't do nothing about that. Right. Bayham Bayham's got to make some some changes and uh, strategically wise, scheme wise, whatever, to kind of fill those holes when they're doing that stuff. And you might have to take something away to to try to or give some uh, something else up to try to take that away, depending on what's hurting you most. But yeah. Um, but our, our big three are playing really good. They're hitting their stride. Uh, they're not losing any confidence. They're still in, they know what they have to do. Um, they know they're, you know, on the bubble talk. So I just, that's really what's going to put us over the edge. Like you said, is getting the helping hands. The getting the helping hands is what we're going to need to beat teams like this. And to be honest with you, but just getting the eight points and not the helping hands really not being there and, and, uh, the points in the paint and all that stuff, like, Honestly, I was surprised that we came back and we tied it. Forty, so. I believe it was forty points in the paint. Um, you know, you mentioned the Battle twenty six, Howard twenty three, Brissett seventeen points. They combined for sixty six out of the seventy four. Uh, Chuku, Barama, uh, Marek, and Moyer. Uh, they all combined for eight points. Okay, I think yep. I think Dolzai had two, Moyer had two, Chuku had two. Um, yep. something like that. Anyway, um, with that said, we, we know that no one, no one, no one helped the big three out as, as much as they might've tried. They just were overpowered by a way, way more experienced team and a, an explosive offensive team. Like yeah. for everything that we did, when we went on those four runs to catch back up, it was almost a miracle every time we did it, because once we would get close, we get within like three and before tying it there at the end, we'd get within like three and then they'd answer every time. And I felt like I felt like Joel Berry was hit like 10 threes, but he didn't. He only hit four. He was four for 12. No. Yeah. Like you he know just what I mean? hit, he hit He hit timely threes. Yeah, he did. He hit the, he hit like the right ones back. at the right time. Oh, it, one, I remember yeah. one time it was just like it was uh, we were coming back from one of the double digit deficits and the crowd was just loud. Just it was, you know. Howard and Battle pumping pumping up the crowd, and it was a big, big um, moment for them to try to you know get back. And they came down, and he shot an early three and just swished it, and just the yeah. whole crowd just shut shut up. And it yeah. was like, oh, okay. Oh, that so. rem- that reminds me, we got our buzzer beater at the end of the first yep. half. Finally, flipped the tables there. That was beautiful. That was a big shot. That was a big shot. That led to a little bit of momentum going into the locker room for sure. You know, yeah. there was a couple controversial things. You touched on one was when Chuku he had an offensive rebound like with like a minute forty left, grabbed a, uh, or, or it was a defensive, no, it was offensive rebound, and um, he he got it just ripped out of his hands by Joel Berry, and Joel Berry, 
he went down on a fast break and just and just scored a layup and those were those were the winning points as it turned yeah. out. Um, with 17 seconds left, there was some controversy about Frank Howard pulling up and, and, and shooting that three. You know, after, you know, you don't know what's going on. So what had happened was, is apparently Chukwu set the wrong pick or, or the wrong screen. And um, there was just a miscommunication. And at that point, it was basically like a broken play in football. And Howard, Howard threw it up. I didn't mind Howard throwing it up. It, you have to look at it in two ways. He was he went fifty percent from behind the arc. He was five yeah. for ten. Okay, the guy is feeling it. He threw it up. He hit the far side of the rim. It wasn't a terrible shot. It wasn't like Brissett's shot from the corner when he totally airballed the thing, rainbowed it right over the rim. Uh, right. Uh, you know, so I don't blame him for doing it. But here's the thing: he is gonna he's gonna get he's gonna get excoriated because he threw up the shot and missed if the guy hits it and we go up by one he's a freaking hero right you, you know what i'm saying and then Someone's it's left up to the defense shot. exactly you know should he have driven the lane i mean yeah hindsight being 2020 obviously now you would think that he would try to go draw a foul right. so uh with all that said and the way that they they played with the amount of heart that they put into this game and just the outright the outright effort from our big three and them not taking anything away from anybody else. But Tyus Battle took control of that game at two different points, and once in the first half and once in the second half. And he is just – he's a, a flash of brilliance sometimes when, when he is feeling it and when he has the heart to do it, he does it. I gave him a B for a loss at home against the 10th-ranked team in the nation. I don't know how anybody could be that upset with this game. There's no way – you know, I did pick this game as an upset game, our, our biggest upset for the year. Um, you know, I don't think you really realistically go in that game putting money on it, though. You know what I'm saying? It's right. Not, it's not like you didn't set your expectations too high, do you, Joe, in a game like that? So I don't think um, so, no. I never really do. Yeah, I go into those games hoping for us to win, cheering right. just as hard as I would any other game as a fan. You know, I've told you before, I get more nervous and 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 anxious um, and worried about the easy ones that we're supposed to win, right? So, exactly. Because now you're worried about just things going your the right way and actually winning a game you're supposed to win. And but games like this, it's not going to hurt us. So no, with everybody upset at Howard in the last three games, Howard's combined for 57 points, 15 assists, and just seven turnovers. I yeah. I you can't be mad at the guy for hit for for throwing up a three to take the lead. With time running out on the clock, when he's feeling it in a game where he was actually feeling it, I, I oh, just yeah. I just can't see uh, a laying that on Howard's shoulders. If anything, uh, if you had to point the finger at someone, Chuku got the ball taken right out of his hands three times. Yeah. You cannot let that happen. He's got the ball too low. The dude's seven foot two, and another thing though, in his defense, he needs help when he has the ball, and. He's looking around. Someone needs to actually just go up and, like, take the ball. Like, have him hand it to you. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know what else to say about it. Joe, any final thoughts on the UNC game? No. Wish we could have got the W. And that's, that's it. On to the next one. Another opportunity. Yep, that's right. Going to Cameron Indoor. All right. UNC in the mirror. All right, Joe, you have gone through, like promised, and given us our uh, quadrant breakdown is all set up. So yes. where do we look after UNC? 
After UNC, like again, you said, uh, we are RPI is 46. Uh, strength of schedule went up to 22. So, again, we talked about that. We knew that our strength of schedule was going to go up once we started playing some of these ranked teams. And uh, win, or, win or lose uh, come Saturday, it's going to go up too. Um, That's true. So, uh, currently up to date coming into tonight, uh, we have a 5-0 and Quadrant 4 record. Uh, Oakland had a bad week. They dropped down uh, far uh, past 160 in the RPI, and they, they dropped to a, a Tier 5 um, win. Um, tier 3 this week, we stayed the same. I mean, obviously there was some movement, um, but we're still 7-1 and in, in Quadrant 3. Um, quadrant two, we're still the same four and three and quadrant one. Uh, we actually went, uh, from three and five to two and six, um, this week, uh, thanks to, uh, Buffalo falling down past the thirties. So, which they could go back yeah, up still. It's fluid. Yeah, Obviously it's still fluid and there's still a long time again. I mean, you, like a lot of people have talked about, we don't really know how this quadrant system is going to affect the NCAA. And um, I'd like to think that it, they, it, they, it better be very put, clear. Don't you think? Well, I would think so. I would right. put a, you, you put some type of system like this in place. You don't put this kind of thing in place just to say, Oh, this is just a certain part or a certain percentage. Oh, like, yeah, exactly. you know, I mean, it should be like kind of, we've spent you know, a lot of time on this quadrant stuff. Well, again, too, and, and and we've talked about the fact that there's already there's actually like a template uh, resume of what every team's um, right res, resume paper is going to be. Right. Um, there is a template out there that people fans can go and see. Again, um, be way too confusing and not worth the time to try to explain it on a podcast. But uh, for fans that are interested, you can go out and you can check it out. There is templates out there. You're, you're going to see it as we get closer to March. Um, if you really want to go and check it out, though, you can you can go and take a look at it. But you'd like to think that it's going to be a big deal. I mean, everything that they're going to pick is going to be off that one template, that one piece of paper. So um, it's confusing yeah. looking, but it's it's if you look at it and and read through it, you'll figure it out. Uh, did you? Do um, qu- yeah, I can only imagine that at some point there's going to be some type of tournament special show or something that's going to show kind of how it's going to work out, you know. But um, okay. again, we don't know how it's going to affect it. That's the whole right. thing. All these bracketology, you know, the same sites that everyone goes to, Joe Lonardi and some other ones, uh, they're they're going off of previous years and how it's been. So uh, that's why this year, more than probably any year, the bracketology is irrelevant as ever. <laughs> so, but as as far as today goes, it's talking about bracketology just for the sake of talking about it. Um, the bracketology uh, section from Real Time RPI that I checked out, they have us in as a 10 seed. And um, Joe Lenardi, actually, after that loss, still has us in um, the tournament playing a playing game, but nonetheless still in the tournament. So, Like you said last night, visually, uh, they looked really good. And eye test. Yeah, the eye test. You know, I mean, I thought they were excellent. And I don't know how you can take this team at the latter half of the season and say that they don't deserve a shot in the tournament. Yeah, well, I mean, you still have to get the resume. I know. I, know, I, mean, I if, understand that. But if Notre Dame gets Bonzi Colson back, they're going to pass the eye test. But I mean, are they going to put him in with a with a not right, not true, deserving but, record just because? So I I mean, as far as we go, the best thing that we can probably go by is the fact that um, 
I mean, a loss like this, Chillin already barely had us in. We lost, and it was like it didn't even hurt us. Like it almost probably that loss probably helped us more than some wins helped helped other teams this year right. or this this past week. So, um, when you look at it that way, and you look at the fact that I mean that kind of loss, especially nowadays, I mean, you get down to the last five games. You know, now people are starting to pay attention. The average uh, college basketball fans are starting to pay attention. They're watching the games and. Uh, going into the tournament and stuff. I mean, that's that's when you want. That's when people are watching. So, playing playing a game like that and, and being in a game and keep coming back and, and stuff like that. And I mean, it's just like we said, the eye test. It's 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 it helps. It does nothing but help. So, right. So right. That, that game last night didn't hurt us. It right. helped us. And, and it Saturday probably more won't we either. Won, but it still <laughs> helped us. Uh, it, Saturday probably won't either, but going into Boston College and stuff. But we'll get into that later. So there's your there's your uh, your quadrant update for UNC. We'll try to give that to you after every game from here on out. All right, Joe, fan feedback time. Remember, go to uh, Facebook.com forward slash Cuse Nation Podcast. Get on there, um, and you can you can have your your name shouted out and your comment read on the podcast if it's deemed good enough or hateful enough. We do both. So uh, let's see. Let's see. Um, Tom says, "Good game against a talented team. Almost dot dot dot. Yeah, almost. Well." It was close. I'm glad we didn't get blown out, Joe. Right? Yeah. I mean, ditto. Uh, okay, and here we go. Let's see. Marky, they did so good. One shot could have, would have, should have taken it to the rim. I mean, I think he's talking about. I think he's talking about Frank Howard. Yeah. I mean, tough call, Joe. I mean, you know, I didn't give you your piece on that play. What do you, what do you got to say? Oh, uh, that could have also had something to do with that three-pointer that O'Shea Brissett took near the end, too. Um, you come back. Obviously, we hit a couple threes, but you, we came back basically by driving, going to the free-throw line, stuff like that. So um, I just don't know why we – I mean, it might have been a better option to drive, or to drive. But either way, like we said, that's all in hindsight now. Yeah, exactly. All right, and then – now here come, here come the Boo Birds. Here come John Renown H. John No H says – Jim Beheim sucks and needs to go. They destroyed the zone all night, and at the end of the game, you you call up a horrible chuck-up three by Howard. How sad, honestly. Um, John, I mean, they just they just almost beat the number 10 team <laughs> in the nation. I mean, we tied the game with like two minutes left. I don't right. know. I don't know uh, what else you expected. Uh, the the expectations are set high, or you're either just you know, on social media to gin up hate. So, um, I mean, what are you going to yeah, do? Yeah, <laughs> I know. You got a team, a starting five that probably all have, like, they, <laughs> they probably all have degrees already. And another starting five, who, <laughs> right. none of them, none of them right. can't even step in a bar. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Come on. J- Jason says, could the commentators get off UNC's expletive? Uh, yeah, almost as bad as that. <laughs> <laughs> Almost as bad as listening to Dickie V. Uh, Jason, I could not agree with you more. I complained about that to Joe uh, via text last night. It was so irritating. It was so irritating. I could not stand it. But you- it's it's definitely irritating. Yeah, you get the the guy that's just all over the you know the blue blood 
I mean, how many times? You know, and then when he started talking about Syracuse, what did he do? I mean, he was just talking about how bad of defense Merrick plays. Yeah, I know. And, I know, right? And, and like you said, we play, we shot pretty much the same percentage, and he was nothing but talking about the shooting percentage of UNC in the first half, and yeah, then we he, shot fifty percent in the second half, and he, not a not a peep. Not a peep. He didn't say nothing about it. He said he mentioned oh, North Carolina's destroying the zone, which I give I give him credit. Yeah, they did. They did. They, I mean, forty points in the paint. Yeah, they. Def- yeah, which is why Jim Beheim changed. Right, to exa- press what he needed to. Right, exactly. But you're right. You know, he, he gave them praise, North Carolina, for the whole first half about their shooting percentage. Syracuse does the same thing in the ha- second half and not a peep. Okay. Yeah, and it's uh, those those guys are really out there fighting. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Tim says, poor shot choice at the end, but wouldn't have been a game without Howard. Tim, that is a fair statement. You know, it could have, it might have been a poor shot choice, as we said. Later, we found out it was kind of a broken play, and there was some miscommunication. But yeah. Howard, Howard played excellent, and you know he's right. It wouldn't have been a game without Howard Battle or um, Brissett putting in the minutes they put in. So I don't know how you yeah. can be mad. I mean, fans can complain all they want, but Beheim knows what he has. We have three competent players that are pretty much the only guys that score for us. And they're allowed to do whatever they want. Uh, Beheim tries to push them in a direction which he wants them to do, but he's never, you're never going to see him. I mean, yeah, he'll yell at him a couple times for defense or some bad mistakes, stuff like that. But as far as shot selection, if you notice, uh, I mean, Brissett and B- Battle and Howard, I mean, rarely have they taken shots where Beheim's yelling at him because of the shot they took. He'll talk about, well, maybe drive to the rim or we want to get to the free throw line more, stuff like that. But I mean, those guys got the green light to do whatever they want. Yeah, they don't he, have any other options. So he gets on them more for blowing, for getting beat in the zone. Yeah, well, fa- yeah, fans can say what they want, but as far as Jim Beheim, which is probably the only person that really matters because he's the coach, because he's concerned, those three don't take bad shots. So yeah, well, I don't know. I get, they do sometimes. No, no, Beheim, Beheim put it on the execution. Yeah, and well, then, true. And then they said Frank Howard, own- he was hot. Yeah, he had 23 yeah, points. He was right. shooting good from the three-point line. Like, 50%. okay, I know exactly what Frank Howard's thinking. You know, oh, busted play. He's made I'm that shot it. before. Confidence, boom. Yeah. Yeah, so. It is um, what it is. He didn't make it. That's just how bitter fans are. Yeah, Bud says, I hate losing a game to a community college from NC. Um, I think he's referring to their classes. I believe a chant was trying to start to take real classes, which was hilarious, yeah. but it didn't catch on, unfortunately, which is typical for us. Um, yeah, Tom, Tom says, Q's can play with the best teams in the country. However, NIT, unless they basically win out. I I disagree. We've talked about this. Joe, what do you think? Yeah. Think- I, there's so many variables. Can you get in with that, 19? Uh, this happened before. I've seen teams get in at 18. True. So... We almost got we, in at 18 last year. We can't lose against <laughs> Boston College. We can't. I would agree with that. I think that if there's a must win, I would say that's it. Uh, with that said, if we do lose to Duke and to Clemson but beat Boston College, I still think that we have to do something in the uh, the ACC tournament, at least get a win. Um, um, also, too, it, it really depends on what other teams do. Because that's why we didn't go anywhere this week because there was there wasn't any teams behind us as far as um, on the bubble that played their way into ahead of us. You know what I mean? So yeah. that 
that loss was good enough to still keep us ahead of the teams that are behind us um, in Joe Lenardi's eyes and other people's eyes. So it doesn't matter, who, you know, what the teams do behind us. So if the teams behind us still lose or don't get impressive wins and we're playing top 10 teams and losing away from the carrier dome, like it's we're not, we're not going to fall. Right. Right. Uh, Carl says not bad for a three on five game. Uh, get <laughs> I mean, pretty. He's got. A, he's got a point. So um, let's see if I can find one more here. Let's see. Let's see here. Um, Adrian says very enjoyable. The uh, very enjoyable matchup. But I think if they work more on inside game as opposed to those Stephen Curry type long range shots, we would have more success. I mean, they were. As far as yeah, I, as far as I, I saw, uh, Bill says this team is tough and doesn't give up. If they're all back next year with the new guys coming in, watch out. Uh, yeah, uh, Bill's We've got. We've heard Bill's that comment before. Yeah. We've talked about it. I'm not going to get too much into it, except for he's exactly right. Yeah, he is totally. So, all right, that's it for fan feedback uh, for UNC. All right, Joe, Syracuse heading down to Cameron Indoor to take on Duke. Duke's hot. They crushed Louisville last night. Crushed. Uh, the, the game is at uh, 6.15, I believe, Saturday, February 24th. I, I, this one's kind of self-explanatory, Joe, but just just give it to us. What do we got to do, and what do we need to watch out for? Uh, pray. <laughs> <laughs> At least pray that uh, Bagley's still out when we play him. He's missed four straight because uh, of a sprained knee, um, and they've done what they've done without him. Um, they're currently twenty-three and five, eleven and four in the ACC with an RPI of four and a strength of schedule of nineteen. And because we're on the road, it's pretty self-explanatory that this is probably would be the best win um, that we could possibly get on our that's that's on our schedule. Um, and we've definitely played Duke a lot better than we've played against North Carolina in, uh, in the past uh, however many years. But um, this year is going to be a little bit different. Uh, new faces. They haven't seen our zone. Um, they do bring back Grayson Allen, uh, senior. Um, but again, they're, they're just filled with a bunch of freshmen and some guys that really haven't gotten that much experience in the past. And um, but again, with Bagley, if he ends up um, sitting out, then – that helps definitely a little bit more too. I mean, they got, they're still loaded. Wendell Carter. I mean, they got this Delorier that's stepped up and played really good. Trayvon Duvall, um, Gary Trent Jr. I mean, they're just loaded. Brandon Bolden. I mean, they're loaded per usual. And um, and they're at the, home. It's a hostile environment. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I would. Uh, you know, if the tickets weren't ridiculously crazy and it was impossible to try to get to that game, I mean, Duke campus is only 10, 15 minutes away from where I work, but uh, I looked it up and there's no way. So, oh, really? Um, is it so? They 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 sell out for the Q's game then? Oh no, it's not even Q's game. Oh. They only hold. They don't hold. Oh, that they much hold eight. Either. They hold eighty three hundred or something like that, right? Um, something like that. It's not much. They sell out every game pretty much, but uh <laughs> The crazy thing about them this year, or at least the past couple games ever since Bagley's got hurt, 
Um, and this is basically news straight from your brother because he's such a big Duke fan, but they've been playing exclusively 2-3 zone. They've been playing 2-3 zone the whole game. No kidding. So, yeah. So they are um, – and, and, and Coach it's K working. started doing that the past couple of years. I mean, they, they do say that it was something that he kind of learned – through the Olympics and stuff like that when he was coaching with Bayheim and Hopkins and stuff like that. And he's been starting to implement it with them uh, more and more the past couple of years. But uh, I was talking to your brother the other day and he said that since Bagley's got hurt, they've pretty much been playing two, three zone the whole game. He says, and it's been working and they're a scary offensive team. So they've been, and they, uh, and they struggled on defense this year. They have been struggling on defense, but usually that's man to man. I remember a couple of right, times, right. um, Watching this year, there was a couple games where they were getting beat, um, and they would go to a two-three zone and they would make a little run. They'd go back and again. Still, when you bring in that many freshmen, it takes a while for the team to gel and people find their roles and stuff like that. And I think actually with Bagley being out right now, that is really helping this team because now they don't rely on him. I mean, you remember the the stat lines we used to watch him. I mean, throw up there. I mean, thirty-two yeah. points, not yeah. nineteen rebounds, and it's like marvelous. I mean, they were, Bagley. Yeah, they're just relying on him, just putting it down there. Well, he just made acrobatic him, shots, though, in like things that like just luck of the bounce type stuff, too. That it was just like Yo, everything goes. There's nothing way. lucky about what that guy does. Well, the guy's an animal and <laughs> he he's is, only he supposed is. to be a, uh, he's only supposed to be a senior this year. He reclassed up. So he's younger than anybody out there. And you mean a freshman? No, he's a freshman this year in college. Right. But what I'm saying is, is that last oh, oh, year, yeah, he's, he, he graduated right. high school early. early so, right, right, yes. right. So okay. he technically could still be a senior in high school in if high he school, wanted exactly. to. So, right. And the guy's, I mean, he's an animal. Um, so just, I mean, if he comes back, it could be one of those things where now we got to fit him in and we've been playing without him and, and they kind of got a little groove here. But, um, Either way, it's going to be difficult. So, again, we just got to play good, and and I don't know. I mean, this isn't going to be – we play Eastern Michigan. Eastern Michigan plays 2-3 zone pretty much the whole time, but Duke's got way better athletes than Eastern Michigan. So I'm really, really kind of interested and intrigued because I don't think that – if they choose to play 2-3 zone the whole game, I don't think I've ever remembered a game where Syracuse played an equal or better talented team that played two, three zone the whole game. I'd rather so, have him play two, three zone and have Bagley sit than have him play man and Bagley play. That's just my opinion. Um, that's what I would go with. But what if they have Bagley and they still stay in the two, three zone? <laughs> then we're, sc- <laughs> we're screwed. Then, I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. So, right. Yeah. But uh, my, my guess is that they're not going to rush whatever it is too close to the end of the year they're not going to rush Bagley back there's no reason to um I don't think I think that the teams that are going to get the top two seeds three seeds they're pretty much firmly up there um there's a pretty big gap after that so there's no reason to, to force him back um all right my guess my guess is would be he probably probably won't play even if he does i mean he'll probably still be maybe on a limits restriction but again i mean this is a tall task that would be a tall task for any team in the country so just gotta have fun with it you know just look forward to it you got a six o'clock game so you can go ahead you know (laughs) do some things during the day and get some stuff accomplished before you uh 
before Possibly you need might to see an upset and get all upset. Self medicate uh, with Bud Lights or whatever. I'm just <laughs> right. You know, get get what you need done. To each his own, right? Then, like you said, yeah. But either way, I mean, just it's an opportunity. Just watch as a fan. Hope they win. And if they don't, yeah. This again, again, this loss isn't going to hurt us. I mean, again, as I said It'd before, be nice to win though. It would. It, absolutely. But, again, it comes down to, again, it come, the other team's RPIs more now with this quadrant stuff and, and what the NCAA is going to look at for some of the other stuff. Our strength of schedule is going to be up there. Our RPI is going to be up there. And, again, like we talked about last year, we were the first team out at 18 and 13. So, you know, you, you never know what's going to happen. And, and everyone's seen snubs and everyone's seen some crazy stuff. And, obviously, the, you know, tournament runs. So, even though there's only three games left with the, with the ACC tournament, I mean, there's still a lot of time, a long time left, and um, you know, plenty of time to for a team like Syracuse to to look favorable in the NCAA's eyes, you know. So yeah, again, um, we just got to play good. So like again, we talked about the eye test. That's it. Yeah, exactly. You go to, you go to Cameron them. in a crazy environment, and it's a good game, and you're competitive. People are watching that game, man. Yeah, just don't get stomped, but. Keep hope alive, and uh, if they play with heart like they did last night, um, they've got a, they've got a legit shot. I mean, UNC is a great team. So, all right, yeah. that game obviously this this Saturday, February twenty fourth, and it is at six fifteen, I believe. So, um, tune in, check it out. This has been episode sixty one. Again, go to facebook.com forward slash Cuse Nation podcast. For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. Peace. You just heard the Cuse Nation podcast with Sean and Joe. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. (sighs) The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. 
And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.